Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Best Picture Must Be Doing Something Right podcast. Uh, this is going to be a solo one take kind of episode, a bit different than you'd normally be used to or would expect from this podcast, but I feel like it's an important one to bring out. Um, it is a reaction to last night's uh, Academy Awards, the 93rd Academy Awards held on April the 25th, 2021. And it was a mixed bag, to say the least. Um, with the Oscars, it's always a case of when they do something right, you know something wrong is going to happen as well. And uh, that was purely the case last night. So to start off with some of the positives from the Oscars last night, it was good to see the amount of diversity in the winners. And I think it's hard to look past uh, the winners being a very strong set this year. It's very hard to argue against the quality of the the chosen winners from their specific categories. I think they're all very much deserving. And congratulations to all of them that did win. However, it comes at a cost sometimes where, you know, also worthy nominees don't end up winning. And that can be sort of hard to take in some ways, but also understandable in others. But it depends on how that comes across. Um, If it's very gracious in the way that it's acceptance of a specific film over another or a specific person over another, then I feel like that's easier to take than some of the ways that they try to present it this year. Obviously, there were restrictions in terms of how they could broadcast things and fair play to uh, Steven Soderbergh and um, the Academy for actually putting on something rather than it being your standard uh, Zoom call that we've seen with the BAFTAs and the Golden Globes and Screen Actors Guild Awards this year. Um, they did manage to put on in-person events and that's, I feel like, uh, a massive boost to to see and I think it will age better over time and it doesn't look like it's standing out as a specifically different year, even though the elephant in the room is the the pandemic is still going along and um and the the award season has been moved to do that and it's not going to be the same as previous years so they need to sort of bear that in mind i'm not sure that really came across with the ceremony itself um the lack of host is something that i think continues to be an issue within the academy they haven't had one for a few years now and it's becoming more of an issue in terms of I think gravitating gravitating an audience because it's sort of less of an idea of of someone presenting a award show to you. It's more a case of, oh, let's see how many famous people we can get on stage at a time. Which I think is um it has it pos- it's positives. I think for the like the first year I think it was fine. It was something they were forced into, but it was helped out by the monologue still being delivered by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, but but it loses the kind of structure to the show, which became the ultimate issue with um, the perception of how the ceremony came across. It's had very negative reviews, even though it really shouldn't do, considering the fact that actually the the winners overall were a very strong set, and it's there's a lot of things in there that's worth celebrating. Like, for example... So obviously Nomadland ended up winning Best Picture, Best Director and um, Best Actress. But it wasn't 
able to sort of celebrate that victory in terms of how other best picture winners would do. So you look at last year when Parasite won, it pulled off that upset over 1917. And it was a momentous event because it was the first time a foreign language film had ever won Best Picture. And it was it was actually one of the most notable things that happened in 2020 in terms of something positive happening. It used to be um, considered the last positive thing to people to remember in 2020 before the world shut down the following month. Um, but Nomad Land didn't get to celebrate that because of the way that the, the ceremony was structured. Uh, Chloe Zhao one for Best Director. Momentous occasion, only the second woman ever to win Best Director and the first uh, woman of Asian descent to win Best Director as well, which is incredibly important and incredibly uh, impressive uh, landmark for a small independent director as well who hadn't had any major kind of awards films before. I feel like that is something that's uh, an incredible achievement. And that was that was I think presented pretty early on, like the seventh award or something. It's very bizarre. Normally it's done so you have the main acting winners, then the director, then the picture uh, awards given out towards the end of the ceremony. So you end with those. But then you had director really early on. Was it because Chloe Zhao was a lock, or or is it something else in mind? I'm not too sure. But ultimately, what they ended up doing, which sort of like ruined the ceremony completely and ruined sort of the feel of it, was presenting Best Picture um, not last. It was third last, I believe. And that's a very bizarre um, thing to do, really, because normally you get the opportunity to celebrate that film being noted as the big winner of the night you know the the best picture of the year it's a momentous occasion it's something that that you know this has been a, a award season that's lasted 14 months um if you if you bear in mind like sometimes you consider award season to start as soon as the previous one ends you know this has been not a january or a february or a march ceremony this is an april ceremony it's the latest the oscars ever been and it takes a lot of campaigning to get over that line and then redland has managed to keep itself as the front runner for a long time ultimately leading itself to best picture victory and that's something incredibly rare especially in the modern era in the in the post preferential ballot era as well like every single year there's been some kind of battle going into best picture where it could go either way you know the the famous sort of ones going tonight even last year like 1917 versus parasite you've had boyhood versus birdman you've had um films like Moonlight against La La Land, it was uh, Shape of Water versus Free Billboards Outside Devon, Missouri, Green Book versus Roma. You know, these are big battles and I feel like that's why they pushed Best Picture back because it wasn't um, something that was on, on your edge of your seat. You knew that Nomadland was going to win. It was the strongest Best Picture contender going into the night, I think, probably since The Artist in 2011. And whether that's something that's questionable in terms of the academy's approach to how they market the ceremony i think there's a strong argument for that to be the case all they care about is viewing figures because they know that the viewing figures are going to be down all the time they want to see you know these tightly contested um battles but then again the only people that realize that they're a thing are the people that care about the academy awards themselves the, the integrity of the ones that follow the season and they want to see best picture last because that was the point 
um, that you're celebrating the best film of the year. And instead they had uh, Best Actress, Second Last, which was obviously the one that everyone was looking forward to going into the night due to how unpredictable it was. And then Best Actor Last for, I think, a very obvious reason, which I'll get into in a second. Um, so Best Actress ended up going to Frances McDormand for Nomadland, which um, I did predict actually before the ceremony just because it was the one of the Best Actress contenders that was in the film that was most liked. Um, and it's very rare to see a film win just two Academy Awards if it's going to win Best Picture, just Picture and Director, for example. Um, it's a very rare thing to happen. They usually win three, and, and that was it's going to be its third. It could have been cinematography, actually, but um, that ended up going to Mank anyway, which was considered probably the shock of the night. Um, I wasn't a big fan of that choice, but um, it's understandable for sure, especially as Mank was the most nominated film. Um, Frances McDormand obviously winning her third Academy Award um, in a very tightly contested race, which could have gone anywhere. It could have gone to Viola Davis, it could have gone to Carrie Mulligan, Andre Day, or Vanessa Kirby, and I don't think anyone would have been too shocked. Um, I think that she's a very worthy actress to have that third Oscar now. Um, three very different roles as well with Fargo and three billboards outside of Missouri as the previous two. And her performance in Nomadland is nothing short of phenomenal. Um, it's a very subtle performance, but it's one that works in the context of the film very well. So I think she's very, very deserving. And it was lovely in her speech that she paid tribute to the uh, sound mixer of Nomadland, who sadly passed away a few months ago, which is great to see. Um, but then it comes into questionable territory in terms of the final award of the night. And it was this promise of it ending on an emotional ending. And I feel like it's done. It was done so people could see the tribute that the Academy were going to pay to uh, Chadwick Boseman, the late, great Chadwick Boseman, who died last year, who was nominated in Best Actor and was the fa bookie's favourite going into the night for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, ultimately, though, the nature of awards is such that you don't know who's going to win going into the ceremony. And it ultimately ended up being Anthony Hopkins taking home best actor for his incredible performance in The Father, which is a, um, a testament to the quality of his performance. You know, I saw someone saying about how, how do you beat this sort of lock um, going into the night, this, this one where it's like set in the stone that someone's going to win. You put in a performance like Anthony Hopkins did in The Father. That's how you do it. Um, and there's nothing to take away from the quality of his performance. But the fact that he didn't show up did become an issue because that completely put a downer on the ceremony, which suddenly went Sopranos finale style into pitch black straight after the it was announced. It was it was shocking. It's um, it was I think quite hurtful in a way, in the way that it presented itself. People getting people's hopes up, inviting Chadwick Boseman's widow to the ceremony, only in sort of like the false pretense of the fact that he was going to win. And he was going to get these, you know, this incredible tribute, which he is absolutely deserving of. And ultimately, coming home empty handed, it leaves a bittersweet, sorry, not bittersweet at all, bitter taste in the mouth completely. I don't think there's anything sweet about it at all, um, really. Um, it's a very difficult one because you don't want to give awards based on the fact that someone's died or not. A sort of like a tribute to them. I do feel strongly about it being 
performance that you're awarding rather than an actor. But the truth is that Chadwick Boseman gives just as worthy a performance in Ma Rainey as you could ever want from a Best Actor winner. It would have been one of the strongest performances to ever win Best Actor, especially in recent years. Um, it's one that he put his heart and soul into and um, was his masterpiece, his final work, which was better than anything he'd done in his career. Um, this incredibly intense, you know, commanding performance that we hadn't seen from him before. as like his last gift to the world. It was... It was a remarkable um, piece of work, really, from Chadwick Boseman. And it's sad that he didn't end up getting awarded for that. But I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, I, I don't think MC Hopkins is an undeserving performer, but he had one before and he didn't even show up to the ceremony. He has since done a acceptance speech, which um, which was lovely. He paid tribute to Chadwick Boseman in that. But... It just leaves a case where they it could have been like their moment, and it's sort of like felt like it was using someone's death in order to get viewing figures, which doesn't sit right with me at all. Um, exploiting a, a death of an icon in order to make people keep on watching the Oscars is 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 crazy to me, but but it is what it is. I think it's a mess misstep on the Academy's part, and it's a real shame that that um it wasn't handled in a better way um because i think even if it had gone either way it was sort of like if even if chadwick had won it would sort of be a case of oh well they knew he was going to win beforehand that's why they put it last that's why they tried to that's why they made it end on an emotional ending which isn't really the point either you want it to be just a natural kind of thing i remember when they moved best actor um to to second last when Leonardo DiCaprio won for The Revenant because that was the big narrative going into that year that Leonardo DiCaprio was going to win. But then ultimately he did win, but The Revenant didn't get his moment afterwards. It, it wasn't a Revenant 1-2. It was a Revenant then Spotlight ended up winning Best Picture itself. So that ended up putting sort of a dampener on that, even though I do think that was the better choice in general in Best Picture that year. Um, And it's not even like a misstep in terms of People think about Academy gaffes. It's the one that comes to mind was the Moonlight La La Land mistake, which they were very clear not to make again this year with all the presenters holding up the envelopes to show who the actual winner was to the camera, was, which was, I think, stupid in itself. But, um, but like that was a genuine, genuine mistake. Um, the the envelope envelope situation. I don't think they would have ever wanted to do that because it made them look very bad and very unprofessional. Um, getting that mix-up of of saying La La Land was Best Picture winner when it actually wasn't. It was actually Moonlight in what is one of the most shocking Best Picture wins of all time in terms of no one expected it. Though, again, I do think that was the right call in general. I do think Moonlight is a far superior film. And it's, it's just, it feels more like when they were big enough Sylvester Stallone to win Best Supporting Actor a few years ago for Creed. And it ended up going to Mark Rylance. And there was this big thing um, before the advertisement. Oh, is it Sylvester Stallone's big year sort of thing? It's sort of like it's playing on people's emotions. These are real life people. And and especially when it's sort of like full careers leading to this point. Or in Chadwick Boseman's place, the last chance to give a great tribute to one of the finest actors of his generation. 
who was lost too early and delivered this incredible performance while he was you know he was undergoing cancer treatment he was in the last stages of his illness he puts in this incredible performance which is you know a testament to how great he was as an actor and how committed he was to his craft it was the ultimate performance to ever give an, an academy award to and ultimately it didn't go to him which i think was a real shame but nothing against anthony hopkins who puts in um one of the great performances of the last year in the father in which it, which is an incredible film itself and i recommend people check it out it's a very important film about about um the effects of dementia and you know a performer in his 80s delivering that kind of performance he's the oldest actor ever to win an oscar um for acting is um a testament to how brilliant he is one of the greats of all time so congratulations to him but i think it just could have been handled a lot better by the academy um the other big winners of the night which i've mentioned so far uh, best supporting actor went to daniel kaluuya for judas and the black messiah which is an important victory as he was the seventh black actor to ever win um an acting oscar and the first of ugandan descent to win uh better a an acting award which is fantastic to see in terms of representation and his performance in judas and the black messiah is incredible as well also you had in best supporting actress um i'm gonna pronounce this wrong i'm sorry yunye jung for minari um who delivered a wonderful performance in the film and a lovely acceptance speech um Another another case of the academy going towards uh, Korean people, which um which is great as well, um to see in terms of it doesn't have you don't have to be like, you know a famous Hollywood actress to win this kind of category, it can go to just the best performance, and that was fantastic to to see um her win in that category because Minari um wouldn't what uh, sorry Minari didn't win anywhere else. So it had to win somewhere. And I feel like that is a very good um, representation of the film as well um, for her to win over anyone else because she makes such a great impact on the film as the, as the grandmother. Um, best original screenplay went to Emeril Fennell for, um, sorry, Emeril Fennell for uh, Promising Young Woman, which is an incredible screenplay. And she's the first solo woman to win best original screenplay since Diablo Cody in 2007 for Juno um yes yeah, you know it's hard to argue against it it's promising young woman is one of the standout films of the year and her achievements with that screenplay first time screenplay is um uh, absolutely fantastic and adapted screenplay went to the father christopher hampton and florian zeller um again it's another case of a brilliant screenplay and it's great to see british films represented in screenplay categories as well which is um uh, I think a good thing to be seeing, you know, <clears throat> there is sometimes a tendency to go towards American bias on the Academy's part. To, so to see British films still doing well um, at the Oscars is fantastic to see. Animated feature went to Soul, which is incredibly deserving. Another round one international feature film for Denmark. And uh, Thomas Winterberg is very deserving of the accolades that he gets. Um, My Octopus Teacher won uh, Best Documentary Feature, um, which rhymes, actually. <laughs> I didn't realise that. Uh, it's a Netflix film, British film. Really, uh, really good to see that one winning there. I didn't predict it, though, unfortunately. 
Uh, another one I didn't predict right documentary short went to Colette, a live action short Two Distant Strangers, and animated short it goes to If Anything Happens I Love You, which again is another important film on an important topic. Um, that's based around school shootings. You know, very very tough to watch those kind of things, but it's important that they're getting made. And credit to Netflix for distributing films like that. I feel like they do such a good job in terms of distributing important films, whether it be short films, feature films, documentaries, um, TV shows, in terms of um, representing important matters that should be talked about, especially in media. Um, best original score went to Soul. Um, the, the better Trent Reznor and Asker Ross score of the year, for sure. Um, and very deserving because that film is about music as well. So it's good to see the music branches going for music-based films for original score. Um, Fight For You from Judas and Black Messiah won best original song. Could have gone anywhere, I think, that category. But it ultimately went to um, Demile and Her. Um, congratulations to them. Uh, best sound obviously went to Sound of Metal. It wasn't going to go anywhere else. Some of the most impressive sound work I've ever seen or ever heard of um, uh, in recent memory. So congratulations to them. Uh, production design went to Mank, as did cinematography. Um, I'm not a big fan of Mank, but it's undeniable how brilliant um, they executed that kind of 1940s filmmaking style. I find it very bizarre that it won more Academy Awards than... Citizen Kane did. Obviously, Mank is based around the making of Citizen Kane. So it is, you know, a bizarre thing considering, you know, Mank isn't even that good. But um, but yeah, that that's a completely understandable one. I would have preferred Nomadland to win in Best Cinematography. That was a bit of a surprise. However, uh, it's hard to argue against um, the, the incredible craftsmanship of Mank. Uh, makeup and hairstyling went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Acid Costume Design. It's a good two uh, awards for it to get um, after missing out obviously in the main categories um, uh, and Roth won age 89 for costume design and um, the winners for uh, a part of Ma Rainey's makeup and hairstyling team were the first of African American descent to win the category which is um, really great to see because it's definitely underrepresented um, makeup and hairstyling amongst um, sort of like uh, black films in terms of the way that the academy sort of i don't know what was the right word to say um represents them uh you know this category tends to go to the bigger louder kind of executions of of makeup the more obvious choices well so actually the more subtle makeup is the one that's hard is something that's harder to pull off um film editing went to sound of metal um visual effects went to tenet as the other awards of the night um, very deserving both of those um, so that sort of wraps it up for the winners um, it was an interesting set um, I think it's a very strong set especially if you consider like the acting quartet this year I, I'm, I'm, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find a better set of acting performances than the four that won this year um, however it does it, it does hurt a bit that Chadwick Boseman was not one of those four um, though obviously did lose to an incredible performance from Anthony Hopkins. Uh, overall, it's good to see sort of the back end of this award season now. Uh, I hope a lot of people can go and check out these films. I know a lot of them have had staggered releases, um, some on to streaming services, some are waiting to be 
premiered in cinemas. I know like The Father isn't released till like June in this country, which is bizarre to me. Um, but ultimately, I hope people can check these films out because there are some very noticeable ones. And I think it's a very strong set this year um, in general uh, amongst the, the films that were represented by the Oscars. So fingers crossed um, we're going to get that kind of calibre next year. Um, you know, it's probably only about 10 months to wait this year um, for the next set of Academy Awards um, to come around. And hopefully we can have one that's as diverse as we've seen with this set of winners, but also at the same time, we're on a better ceremony. Hopefully it will be a full in-person one um, back at the Dolby Theatre where, uh, where they should be. And um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, it gets it sort of like sorts itself out. Like the Academy do have this tendency of if they do something well, they do something not so good to take those headlines away. It takes the shine off things and ultimately gives the Oscars a bad reputation. I, I ultimately don't think it deserves really. It's it's had more greater tendency to to sort of gravitate towards more independent films that's represented in in Best Picture this year going to Nomadland, which was a very deserving winner. And it's great to see films like that, you know, representing lives of people over 50, of of women, um, of, I think of, you know, that, that sort of nomad community I've never seen represented on film before. And I feel like that's something that's important for audiences to find, um, that it's not just, representation isn't just about ethnicity or, or, or colour of the skin or, or anything like that or religion or or gender it's it's about communities and uh, the way that that film represents the nomad communities was very insightful and it's also has a great sort of way that it talks about grief as well um it's a very emotional film it's a very thoughtful film and it's a very beautiful film so i definitely recommend people checking that out once they get the opportunity to I, f I believe it's come to disney plus not too soon so you can definitely check that out when it comes onto there um i think i'll leave it there for now um it's only a short episode this decide to try it out i'm also trying out my new mic so if you like the audio quality of this episode compared to usual do let me know you can drop me a dm on twitter at best picture underscore pod you can follow the podcast on spotify and now you can follow it on uh, Apple Podcast as well. I was very pleased to get that over the line and sorted. Um, hopefully, greater growth, greater listenership comes with that, which I'll be very grateful for. I'm grateful for everyone that's listened to this um, podcast so far, and I'm hoping to get more episodes out for you soon. You can also subscribe on YouTube. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, and I hope to see you with another episode, probably back to the normal film reviews coming soon. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you later. Goodbye.